Pizza City is brought to you in part by United Healthcare. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs. And if not, go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com slash Illinois Motion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. Clams on the half shell were a common street food. Italians from the coast, they love their seafood, so you'd find that on the streets. Um, eventually, pizzerias in the 30s started bringing the clams in as an appetizer. People like Pepe's, even Sally's and other restaurants started putting clams on the menu to add to a pizza, but they were red pies. And Frank Pepe was the first one to really experiment with a white pie, meaning no sauce, simply garlic, oregano, Romano cheese, olive oil, and clams. Italian families have been making pizza in New Haven, Connecticut for more than 100 years. The home of Yale University has a lot more than well-educated 20-somethings. It has its own unique pizza ecosystem, complete with family ties, an established style, and a language all its own. There are three icons in this waterfront town, and we're hitting all of them with the aid of the guy who literally wrote the book on New Haven pizza. The story of how pizza became a beats, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And what a great way to end National Pizza Month than to do it in one of the most iconic pizza cities in America. We are in New Haven, Connecticut this week. Uh, one of the most widely regarded, widely praised pizza towns in America. And we are joined today, really so fortunate to have this guy with us, Colin Kaplan, author of Pizza in New Haven. Um, he's going to be taking us on a tour today with a couple of other lucky folks here. We're standing in the lobby of the graduate New Haven on Chapel Street, right in the middle of Yale University. Graduate New Haven, by the way, is a boutique hotel, uh, part of the Graduate Hotel Group. They've got more than 20 locations around the country these folks are going to be coming on the tour with us. We're kind of tagging along because, Colin, you actually have a company called Taste of New Haven, and you do pizza tours all the time, right? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Steve. Um, Taste of New Haven food tours, we do pizza lovers tour, which is our sort of weekly fun tour for lucky guests to walk around the town and eat the best pizza in the world as far as you know they know. Um, and uh, we educate, and we, we learn, and we're walking through Yale, and you're getting exercise, you're burning calories, supposedly. <laughs> like in Chicago, we do tours. We do four styles in about three hours. Are you doing three or four pizza stops on typical tours? So we're, so we're doing four stops usually. It's one pizza style. And the funny thing is, is that there's so many differences in ingredients and methods and toppings that you can get on, in that one style. So that's an interesting, I think, differentiation between uh, what you just mentioned. And what is the New Haven style? When someone says New Haven pizza, what are you talking about? 
So generally speaking, you're talking about a what's known as a neo-Neapolitan, thin crust, heavily charred uh, pizza made in usually a brick uh, lined or a brick oven. Um, the tradition was Coke, believe it or not, was a byproduct of coal. Uh, these days, only a, two of them burn coal. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's an amalgamation, but it is definitely considered a what they call neo-Neapolitan. And how did somebody who got a master's in architecture at Tulane end up becoming the pizza king of New Haven? Yeah. Well, when they took me out of New Haven for college, I realized that the pizza in New Orleans wasn't that great. <laughs> no kidding. But, uh, you know, I, it, I think life has many surprises, and I would never deny uh, what I wanted to do or what came to me as, a, as a, a fun chance or happenstance. And architecture is something I still do. Um, but history was something as a kid that I always loved. And the passion for food and the passion for pizza that happened when I, when I was growing up here continued with me throughout my life. So combining touring, history, architecture, and food, I guess uh, is the answer. The important thing to know about this style, and you, we, I said uh, I referred to this in the intro, abiz, the way they pronounce the, the word A-P-I-Z-Z-A. From what I read your book, I gathered it, it, the, the preposition was la pizza, melded it together into abiz. So the interesting thing about the word abiz is that the, as you mentioned in Italian, la pizza is, is, the, is the proper Florentian Italian way to say pizza preposition in the front, but in Nabilidan, which is Neapolitan, uh, the language developed in Campania, in Naples, and the area that most New Haveners uh, Italian, of Italian descent came from, that word was never la pizza. It was always a ah, beats, and it's the way it was pronounced. It was the way that that language developed in Italy, separate from Italian. We're going to be going to modern abits first. We're going to have three pies there. Then we're going to go to Sally's Abiz, again, three different pies, and then finally Frank Pepe Pizzeria Napolitana uh, for three more pies. So nine different pies. Uh, you can eat as many slices as you think you can fit. Um, we're going to do a little apples-to-apples apples uh, comparison. We're going to be comparing what we call a New Haven Plain, and I'm going to put garlic on those, but the New Haven Plain is a, is a tomato with Pecorino Romano. That's all it is. It's sauce with Pecorino Romano, a little garlic dashed on, then we're going to compare the mozzarella pies that the rest of the world calls plain. In New Haven, we call it moots, uh, but that's an addition. You've got to pay more for that. And then finally, we're going to do a special pie at each spot. Um, and, and I'm not going to tell you yet. You're going to have to wait. Yeah, that's a good tease. This, by the way, this is just a bucket list for me. I'm so excited to be here. I've only been to uh, Frank Pepe's once many years ago, and I'm going to see all three of these classics today. So Modern, Sally's, and Frank Pepe, right? Correcto. Okay, let's hit the road. Okay. We've got this whole thing where people take sides. They choose which pizzeria they like, their family, their grandfather went there, and they're like, we don't go anywhere else. So you get this whole division between Modern, Sally's, and Peppy's, and now you can also include a lot of the others, like Zupardi's, Bar, you know, Mike's, Ernie's, and all the different ones in the different regions. So part of this is that we're learning to accept all these different pizzerias. If you were a Sally's family, you're gonna hopefully go into an open mind and try Peppy's. This city and the surrounding area had lots of Italian communities. So Fairhaven, the Highwood section of Hamden, um, Amity, you know, the flats we call it in Woodbridge, West Haven, Savin Rock area. I mean, there were Italian communities all over the city that had little districts. The one we're left with today is really a vestige community. It's not like the north end of Boston where there's a great little Italy or Chicago's really large little Italy. Anywhere here. Whose first time is this here at Modern? 
Awesome. Who would like some beer? So Mr. Tony Tolai came to, actually was born in this country, went back to his mother's hometown in Caserta and grew up there, and then came back to New Haven in 1930 as an 18-year-old. What year did they have the other place? Washington? 1934. That's when Washington Pizzeria started. In 1936, he split and he came to this site, right next door where we walked in, was the original pizzeria at this location. We don't know whether he moved the oven that was at the prior location, which had had an oven going way back to about 1910. It had been a bakery prior. We don't know if he moved that oven over here or whether he more likely had purchased another oven. These ovens were large. Back then, you had to burn what was known as coke, which was a byproduct of coal. It was like you took the coal and you sucked the natural gas out. So you had natural gas and then you had a brick of stuff and they sold it to homes, and they sold it to restaurants. That's what they burned. And that was 1936, it was called Tony's Abitz. What he did is he ended up uh, buying another property down the street, literally four or five blocks down, and opened up another Tony's Abitz. That kind of left this place like, what is he doing with this place? Well, he sold it to another guy named Louis Persano, and you're gonna get tested on this at the end of the tour. Louis had been trained at Pepe's and then worked here. And he, he ran this with his family. At the same time, going back to the 30s, another guy named Nick Nuzzo, who you might see in photos, he was here and he said, man, we can't call this place Tony's anymore. We got to change the name. So he went next door. There was a Polish drugstore owner named John Wozniak. And it was John's idea to say, hey, it's new. It's not Tony's anymore. Call it modern. And that was 1942. The name changed. A new neon sign was put out front, which you can also see in some of the images on the wall. And that's when Modern started. Italian Bomb is, uh, is their signature pizza here. It goes back to possibly the early days. People might ask, how did you get the name Italian Bomb, Modern Abitz? And one of them is, some people joke, it's the heart bomb. Because it's got three meats on it. Mozzarella, sausage, bacon. And then there's four vegetables. Peppers, onion garlic and mushrooms, mozzarella and a red sauce. Some people would call the, this undercarriage burnt. Oh. You like that, charred. Yeah, so New Haven, we char our pizza. Um, yeah, we get that all the time. I mean, New, ha New Haven pizzerias know that people don't usually get them this dark and this charred. Um, people think it's burnt. They'll send it back and say it's burnt. So there's been a learning curve for people coming to New Haven, and there's a learning curve for restaurants to say, hey, uh, you know, you're not from here, you probably don't want it well done. Is it best to start with this tomato pie and then go cheese and then go to the killer? Well, I always want to start with, with the plain because I want the full flavor. I want the flavor of the tomato. I added garlic to it as well. And you know when you're doing a wine tasting and they give you cheese and crackers? The cheese actually coats your mouth. The fat of the cheese coats your mouth. So you kind of lose a little bit of your taste buds with, with that mozzarella. And I, I don't think it's going to mess up your pizza experience because everybody wants cheese on it. <laughs> but I do think that it's good to start with a, with a plain pie. And a lot of people have never had a tomato pie. They never just try a plain tomato pie, and they, they end up loving it more than the mozzarella. The building came with it. The oven came with it. Bill raised his family here. All of his kids work here at different times of the day. The last big family pizzeria. I've got nephews that work here and kids, and my wife and I have been here for 32 years. So it's not too, not too easy sometimes, but... It all pays out in the long run. All right, so I want to talk about this tomato pie for a sec. Yeah. I love the charring underneath. And again, I'm not used to that, yep. but when it's combined in a bite with the 
the tomato, you get this sort of smokiness to it. Um, it's a very unique taste. And the, the way these are sliced, I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to fold it in half like a New York slice, but you can't really do that because it's such a firm, crisp heel. It's not intended to be folded at all. I don't think you have to fold it. The only when it's too wide, you can fold it. But this this is this is crisp. It's crisp enough to actually hold it straight. I, I fold it by my nature. I can't help it. There's lots of uh, little sort of char domes across the top. Some guys would would pop those because some customers like it don't like the the char, the bubble. Uh, but that is that's a, that's a New Haven thing. You like the bubbles here in the char. That's good thing. We like the bubbles. Um, they represent flavor. A little dry pocket crisp zone. We like our pizza crisp. And you've got maybe just a half an inch exposed sort of naked heel around the cornichon. That's about it, but it's pretty well sauced throughout. Yeah, so basically the cornichon is never something that we allow to rise traditionally in New Haven. It's always sort of a muted part of the pizza. In in some cases, it's almost non-existent. Um, you'll see that more at at some at Sally's, for example. Like I'm sure the meat thing is great. I'm going to try it in a second because all the meat's on it. But man, this is like less is more. This is delicious. Just the tomato, the garlic. I'm a simpleton. That's how I feel. Yep. Owner Bill Pustari then leads me back to the kitchen to show me one of his massive ovens. One was an original Coke oven that they've switched over in the '60s to oil as an experiment, and it worked. So when you say you've got pizzas in here and you're using warm dough, that's, is it proofed overnight or day It's 24-hour fermentation on it. It's a mother. We don't use any real yeast, so we use a mother. It's a sourdough mother. And you were talking earlier about bubbles on your pizza. That's a lot of where it comes from. So as soon as it hits its hot surface, surface like this, the yeast is bubbling up. So it gives you that crumb that if you were, if you were making bread and not pizza, right, you'd want a crumb in your bread, which is all the holes from the moisture. So we use a really moist dough and a warm dough. So those bubbles are coming up from the moisture that's in the dough, that's expanding up through the dough and creating all those little bubbles. Placing it on the stone, you said the furthest point from the heat source, if you laser pointed it, would be about 800 degrees. The closer you get to the fire, it just doesn't register. Yeah, it turns off. It's just whatever flame is. So that means you've got to have somebody that really knows where the hot spots in this oven is, and you've got to constantly keep an eye on it. 32 years on the oven, uh, 28 years on the oven. Um, the other guy that's coming in now, Billy, Billy's been here for 50 years on the oven. Uh, Chino's been 30 years on the oven. <laughs> So these are veterans. Iron off the street. Tell me about, tell me about that bottom. The undercarriage to me as a Chicagoan, I mean, it looks burnt. It's pretty black throughout, but that's New Haven style. That is New Haven style, and it's it's charred, not burnt. It's kind of like barbecue. If so, if you're not used to real Southern barbecue, and you go down there, you look at a brisket, you go, that damn thing's burnt. It's black. I'm not eating that. No, it's part of the character of it, and this is part of the character of New Haven pizzas. That's a, six, seven minutes is a long time if it's not, set 800 degrees. It's not Naples dough, though. It's a different. It's not. It's not the Naples uh, Napolitan, that thick, puffy, double zero. It's not that. So kind of New Haven is a twist so they took italian pizzas and made it americanized kind of so if you notice like we don't use the lacte the fresh mozzarella unless you ask for it we do have that pizza on the menu we use the regular hard mozzarella uh it's a wisconsin whole milk hard mozzarella because we need the butter fat in it because the ovens are so hot otherwise the cheese just burns on top so we try always a balance game between bottom and top and we're always trying to move around pizzas to balance those two those two things. Is that Wisconsin Mozza Grande? Yes, it is. Oh, good guess. <laughs>
Off to a good start. Yeah, time to get on the bus again. This is crazy. I feel like we, we just caught our breath. All right, so the, where are we going next? We're going to go to Sally's uh, Beats. Sally's uh, Beats. Uh, Beats. Known for the tomato pie. Known for the tomato pie and something that's special. T potato special, don't tell them. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. More New Haven pizza. Sally's goes back to 1938. Um, we are going to go to the sort of, uh, you could call him the apprentice of Frank Pepe. He was Frank Pepe's nephew. And Sally Consiglio's family originally came from Amalfi. And Amalfi is on the coast in, uh, in a very beautiful area of Italy, south of Naples. And By the way, so when you say yeah. Sally's his nephew, so Sally's not a girl. Sally is a nickname for Salvatore. Oh, yeah, it's actually one of the big misconceptions. People imagine this girl named Sally. It's actually Salvatore, and they would call him Sal or Sally. Sally passed away in 89. It went on to his, his wife, Flo. She ran it until her death in 2012, at which point it went to her sons, Bobby and Ricky. And Bobby and Ricky decided at the time of her death that they were ready to, to retire. They had been working there since the 70s, and that was kind of enough for them. So it took three years or more for them to finally sell it, in negotiations and all this stuff. They sold it to a fan, a guy who loves Sally's, and he happens to run a very successful hospitality group called Lineage. So they bought out the family restaurant, but... They kept the entire kitchen staff, some of the other staff that worked there, and Bobby and Ricky have a contract to stay on and come and go as they please. So this is Worcester? Worcester Street, yep. And this is like the old Little Italy? Yep. Here we go, gang. This is old Little Italy. This is actually what we now call Little Italy. Um, I mentioned earlier that New Haven used to have a bunch of Little Italy neighborhoods, but this is sort of the last one, the combination of lots of different Italian restaurants, shops, and, and you know benefit societies all together. I'll put you in the first two, yeah. You got your uh, your fun wood panel walls, but your hodgepodge of different kind of wall art, that look of the 70s. Hey, Rick. One of the sons is here, Rick, Rick Consiglio. First pie out is a white potato special pie. And one of the sons, Bobby Consiglio, and his wife went to Rome. They were eating some of the Roman-style pizza out there, um, the pizzettas. Um, they were trying ones that had this kind of rosemary, thin-sliced, like deli-sliced potato on it, mozzarella. Um, real simple. It's a white pie, and they loved it. They brought it back, threw it on their crust, which is a you know neo-Neapolitan, New Haven-style crust, and created this specialty pie. Oh, my God. This That's is gorgeous. Believe it or not, this is a mozzarella pie. You're going to see a lot of coverage of red and less coverage of mozzarella itself. Um, Notice the char, the lack of cornichon, which means it's got a very small amount of crust that your hand will hold. Nice charring underneath. This, my friends, is a coal-fired oven. It's actually cleaner burning than wood. There's less sulfur and there's less moisture coming out of coal. The ashes are another story. We'll, we'll talk about that next episode of Toxic Environments. Um, but this is going to generate a higher heat than modern. So this is going to generate a higher heat by the fire. This is in the Middleby oven that's not been collapsed. This is a French bread oven. So it's a big, long, wide oven. It's probably about 12 by 12 feet. You could fit about 15 pies in there at once, depending on the size. 
the heat by the fire is going to be nearly 900 to 1,000 degrees. But as you span across the oven, you're going to get a much lower temperature in the core. You're going to get probably more like 600 degrees, 625. And a lot of the heat is going up and over and then up into the flue. It doesn't come back down. It's not as convective as modern. Coarse cornmeal on there first on the peel. And you'll notice that the pies here at Sally's are not circular. They're not supposed to be circular. They're supposed to be oblong. They're supposed to have divots, bubbles, char. Um, there's an unevenness about it. There's a handmade quality to it. Absolutely. You just hit it right on the head. It is this sort of more natural, organic, rustic. It's not, doesn't have to be perfect. No. You don't do it on screens. You just do it right on the hearth. Right. I think the perfection is that it, each pie is so unique. Now this uh, tomato pie, just compare apples to apples, chewier than modern. There's more of a chew in the middle. The other one's quite crisp and firm. Yeah, I think the dough, uh, totally different flour, you know, different yeast. Um, modern uses a sourdough. They have a starter that goes back to the beginnings of probably Tony Toli. Um, we don't even know. There's going to be a different, you know, is it double proofed? Is it, is it cold and warm proofed? Those are all things that are going to make a difference. The type of flour they're using, um, obviously it's the same water. We're still in New Haven. It's the same reservoir. But I think that those, those dough recipe changes really make a difference. So good. So Frank Pepe's is the last stop. Frank Pepe's is the last stop, but it's also, it's the oldest pizzeria in New England. Yeah, 1925. That's right. And it's the fifth oldest continuously run pizzeria in America. So cool. Can't wait. All right, when we come back, our final stop of our New Haven crawl here with uh, Colin Kaplan for Frank Pepe's. And then we're going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Okay, we've only had like six and a half slices of pizza per. You've got room left? I got room. I've been holding out for a big finish. So this, uh, we're going to the oldest place now. You guys have been here? I've never been to Pepe's. Never been to Pepe's? No. Consider yourself from Connecticut. I am. I, I actually live in New Haven. So it's a what? sin I've committed. High expectation. I want to finish strong. You guys have been here before, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, this guy's from New Haven. He's never been here. I ever heard that. I know. Hey, you know, it's... You have your favorite and you stick to it, you know. I mean, we're Sally's people, so... I haven't been in... I haven't eaten here in a, in a while. Would somebody be that fiercely loyal they wouldn't go to another pizza place that's so revered? Oh, yeah, that's her, yeah. That's me. That's me. Yeah, I, I won't. You won't. Why? <laughs> I'm just loyal. You're loyal to Sally's? Mm-hmm. You've been to Pepe's? Uh, when we first started dating, yeah, because he told me about New Haven pizza, so I had to try it, and then... She's been there once five years ago, never went back. Elm trees, um, James Hill House planted elm trees here in 1797. That was the first public tree planting in the, in the country. And then the elms grew big, and, and by the late 1800s, people like Charles Dickens and Mark Twain would come here and speak in different New Haven lectures. And they actually said New Haven was one of the most beautiful cities in the country due to the elms. We were dubbed the Elm City. Good. How are you doing? Colin? Good to see Thanks you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming, guys. We got, you're all set up. Come on Thank down. When they say pizza or abits here, you're talking just tomatoes, crust, maybe oregano, salt, olive oil. Um, yep. Very simple. That's it. That's all, that's all that it is. It's a marinara in Italy. 
And I read that marinara in your book, based on the tomato pies that were served to the mariners, because these guys, all these immigrants, came from the coast. They did. A lot of them uh, came from coastal areas. So what's the order here? What'd you order? So the order is going to be a plain, grated with garlic, a mozzarella, and a white clam. Now tell me about this white clam. This was something that came on later in the scene, but these guys have come to dominate that uh, style. So clams on the half shell were a common street food. Italians from the coast, they love their seafood. So you'd find that on the streets. Um, eventually, pizzerias in the 30s started bringing the clams in as an appetizer. People like Pepe's, even Sally's and other restaurants started putting clams on the menu to add to a pizza, but they were red pies. And Frank Pepe was the first one to really experiment with a white pie, meaning no sauce, simply garlic, oregano, Romano cheese, olive oil, and clams. And were they little necks or quahogs? Uh, these are little neck, Rhode Island clams. Okay, and they don't chop them, they just do whole? They generally, they'll, they'll put the whole clams on, but they'll, they'll probably do a little chop. You'll notice that they're a little smaller chunks than, say, Zupardi's does the whole clam. Here, they'll do a little chop. So it's not like you're getting a whole belly. You're getting pieces, and it's spread over the pie in, in more of, like, strips. Zupardi's told me that a little bit of juice will come out of these, uh, but they will add a little bit of the liquor as well because they want a little bit of that sort of juice to sort of soak into the, the, the crust. I think here you're going to find more. It's just the, the strips. It's the pieces of the clam that are freshly shucked that are coming on. So it's going to be a little bit of a different exposure because I think at two parties you're going to get a little bit more of that like moist spot that where the, you know, the juice is like pouring out of that clam. Here it's going to be a more spread over kind of taste and it's, it's, you know, it's more evenly spread so the whole pie almost tastes like you're, you're at the shore. This is just mozzarella, tomato, crust. <laughs> Smiley thing. Low moisture mozzarella? So this is a, they're all going to be low moisture mozzarella. Um, you're going to be a block of mozzarella, and each one chooses a different brand. You'll taste a, a layer of either butteriness or less buttery, depending on which one you're going to do and how much they put on. Want to hear something crazy they do here that they don't do in other pizzerias around New Haven? They give you a slice of mozzarella. They do not shred it. A lot, there's a more lift to these pies. There's, there's a more of a chew. There's, a, there's actual like fermentation going on in the middle as opposed to something thin and crispy. It's, it's really quite chewy in the middle. It's very chewy, yeah. So, I mean, part of that has to do with the double fermentation. Um, there's going to be more time in the air, less time in a refrigeration. So I think they do ambient ambient rise. They will, and and I think that's traditional in most bakeries. That's what, what they would have done. And it also depends on the weather. What's happening? Watch out, coming through. Um, so that's part of what happens. And every and sometimes it's different. Days are different. When it's humid, it's different. When it's cold, it's different. They make adjustments. These are giant ovens. The oven that these came out of is 14 by 14 feet. When they start to char, like this one straight down the middle. I'll get under it and rotate the pizza and bring the white side towards the fire. Then I'll put it on the left side so it cook a little slower. And the incredible thing is that the, the cornichon, the heel, is really quite crisp and charred and like sort of mottled brown, but not dark black, like I, some would say burnt. It's got this, it's like the, right at the precipice, right at the edge of being charred and crispy while the middle is soft. Yeah, I think that there's a, a lot of, uh, you know, this kind of heat that's coming on top of the pizza, not coming down on it, but they can, they can choose to put the edge of the pizza near the, the coal. So you got the coal on one side, you got 14 feet of space to move the thing around. So as they rotate it, 
they can move it so that it gets the right amount of char on the sides, and then they can rotate the pizza all around the oven to get the to just continually to like I would call it like even heat the rest of the pizza, bottom and top. Like this pizza, I bring it up front, catch a bottom. See, it's getting it's getting the bottom. Move it to the left a little bit. Yep. We think of Neapolitan in America as that sort of soft, puffy, double zero flour, fior de latte in the middle, 90 second bake. And people in America, I think, are taught that that's the original style of pizza. But this sort of East Coast Neapolitan style is quite different, and yet I think your theory is that this could possibly be the original style of pizza that came over from Italy. Yeah, there's, there's some leading pizzioli and pizza theologians, let's call them, that feel that the chronology of this pizza, the consistency, the fact that it's never been infiltrated with outside influences over the last 120 years or more, that its lineage from Italy to here has been consistent and that there's been no change. And if you talk to old timers, they're going to say, this pizza tastes just like it was when I was a kid in the 30s, in the 20s. I even had a guy from the teens, you know, who remembered the teens eating pizza in the teens. So this kind of lineage tells us that the pizza didn't change when it, when it got here. Now, was it authentic? You know, one of the things is to test it. You know, what was pizza being made in Italy? What was that like back in the 19, early 1900s and late 1800s? Was it like it what we now know as Neapolitan pizza. So these are questions that need to be asked. It's a different type of bake. It's a different, it's coal instead of wood. Coal burns hotter, but you're also talking about a much larger oven. 14 feet is not what they do in a Neapolitan oven. Those are what, six feet around at the most? So you're getting a much more concentrated heat in a Neapolitan oven, where it, and it's a beehive oven, so it's full convection going down. And, and I think that's, that's something that, that we can look at and look into history and say, okay, whether the, or not the beehive oven or the French bread oven was common, it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that the dough and the hydration and all these things that we now understand as Neapolitan pizza, we should, again, ask the question, what, where did that pizza come from? When did it start? And is this neo-Neapolitan pizza possibly the original Neapolitan pizza? edging on it and then I also love uh, the mozzarella at modern that is an amazing pie that is just it's like if I'm gonna do a mozzarella I'm gonna go decadent I'm gonna want I want that pie um, of all of them and then finally for a specialty pie it's one I didn't offer you today you'll have to go back to get it at Pepe's it's a specialty pie that I found I learned from the staff it's a white pie no mozzarella so imagine that you just got the disc of dough extra olive oil extra amount of cheese Get ready. It's going to scare some of you off. Broccoli and onion. I'm not joking. The way they par-cook their broccoli and cut it up, it's the perfect size. It's the perfect ratio of flavor. It's And you can eat it cold, and it tastes like the best, almost like the best snack you could have. You said final meal would be a Sally's? Sally's plain plain pie with garlic on it would be like my, my last meal. If I was on death row or somebody was about to stab me, I'd be like, hold on, let me get a Sally's pie. And I hope that you understand that the graduate New Haven put this together as a way of like embracing New Haven, embracing some of what we do, which is our biggest export is pizza. Our biggest news is pizza. More people know about New Haven's pizza than they know about Yale. They don't even know where Yale is. They'll be like, Yale is in America, somewhere in the East Coast. Where's the, what do you know about New Haven? Oh, isn't that the place that has the pizza? I think that's, that's a fun thing. That's what, that's what got Steve out here. And Steve's here from Chicago to celebrate New Haven pizza and bring his passion for pizza here as well. 
And I think that's a testament to what the graduates are doing. So thank you guys. Round of applause. I cannot tell you how full I am. I've had pizza comas before, but after having nine slices, and I should point out those, they're not New York style slices. They're a bit thinner here in New Haven, a bit narrower, but still nine slices ready for a nap. Uh, we're gonna go into a program tonight uh, here at the Graduate New Haven. Colin's gonna talk about uh, his research and history here in New Haven. I'm gonna talk about Chicago pizza. Um, gonna be a great time. Coming up in two weeks, a trip to the heartland where artisan wood-fired Neapolitan pies are the stars in two Indiana cities. And I'd ordered a rotating floor wood-burning gas assist oven, and they shipped me a rotating floor strictly gas oven, and I just kept it wrapped until I was like done building everything. And then when I opened it up, it was like, oh, there's no wood as an option to this. I'll talk with Adam Sweet, the guy behind King Doe, which has locations in Bloomington, as well as Indianapolis. That's in two weeks on November 8th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram. And for more info about the book and our weekly tours, visit us at pizzacityusa.com. On all social media, by the way, I'm at Steve Dolinsky with a Y. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in the Loop, where Dante's Pizza is currently baking its New York-style slices for the next couple of months. Big thanks again to Rachel, Libby, Megan, and the team at the Graduate New Haven for organizing the outstanding pizza crawl. Also, Colin Kaplan, kudos and thank you for your expertise and time. Thanks for listening, everybody, and here is wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.